Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Father, we thank you and praise you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, although the enemy wants us to live in fear. Number one fear of mankind is still dying. Why? Because they don't know where they're going. But Father, we as Bible-believing Christians, we know where we're going. We're going to heaven. We don't have to fear death. And we don't have to fear mankind, what they might do to us if we don't obey their suggestions, their science. Help us to look at the real science. Father, we can't apologize for our nation. People are going to do what they're going to do. But Lord, use us to help in that process of encouraging women not to get an abortion that will help them through the process as a house of refuge. Father, help us to help people not go down that road of fear and make a decision that could impact their lives drastically and the lives of others. To at least get them the information and then they could, you know, they, they make their own decision. Thank you for free will. But Father, help us to be proactive and be involved. Might lose friends over it. Might save some friends. Father, I pray for the gift of teaching as we go over your word this morning because it says we're ambassadors for Christ. We're not ambassadors for any party. We're ambassadors for Christ. And Jesus said, I've come to teach you and to tell you and to show you the truth and that truth will set you free. So Father, even this morning, reveal the truth to us in your word that we might be free to go out and to proclaim your goodness, your faithful, the great love that you have for all of mankind. Help us not to be afraid of rejection, afraid of, of losing a friendship. But Father, help us to be diligent knowing that we might help someone in an eternal way. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're advised, we find ourselves at verse 13. Let's go back to verse 12, if you're new or visiting. 2 Corinthians 5, 12, for we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. Remember that Paul is addressing law versus grace. And so in that verse that we looked at last time we were together last week, Paul is saying, hey, we've, we lived with you, we loved you, you saw our life, you see how we live, you see how we work. Um, these other people, they might look nice on the outside, kind of like the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Jesus' day. And Jesus said, you're nothing but a bunch of whitewashed tombs full of dead men bones. You look beautiful on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. That's religion. That's what religion is all about. It can look really pretty on the outside, but it's dead because it's not about Jesus. It's Jesus plus whatever might be the plus, church attendance, money, blowing yourself up, whatever it is. And so he goes on in verses 13 and 14, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God, or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died, notice the O is capitalized there, so referencing Jesus, not just any person, 
no, the Christ, the Messiah, that if one died for all, then all died. You see, Paul points to to a very interesting observation. Notice in verse 13, we are beside ourselves. That, That means to be out of one's mind insane. Those four words there in the Greek, it means to be out of one's mind or insane. So though some might think we're out of our mind or that we're insane, now weave this into you as a Christian living in 2023. And think over the last two years of what maybe you shared with somebody about the gospel, about the, the rapture, about the last days, about what's taking place around the globe, Revelation 13, getting to a one-world government, a one-world economy, a one-world religion, how that is all falling into place. How did they treat you? What did they think about you? How did they look at you? You're beside yourself. You're crazy. You're weird. Paul says we are of sound mind. So if we are beside ourselves, if some people say that we're insane, we're crazy, we know we're not. We know that we're of a sound mind. So Paul was not concerned about someone saying that he was crazy or not. He knew that he and his companions were ministering to others out of an agape love relationship. They had no ulterior motives. They were not trying to fleece the flock and they were definitely not looking for recognition. You see, it was the love that was given to them by God and you have a love given to you by God. It is not self-generated. If you're trying to self-generate it, you're gonna fall short. You have to study the scriptures to see how much God loves you so that you can love somebody else. If you don't don't get to that place of really, 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 really realizing how much God loves you no matter what you do during the day, you're going to fall short. I will fall short. That was driving them forward in in the ministry and because of God's love, they ministered in love to others, which is key to our ministry, as I just mentioned. Compels, the word compels there. In verse 14, for the love of Christ compels us. That word means to hold together. To hold together. I'm not insane. I'm sane. And the love of Christ is holding me together for you because if I didn't have Christ, as we even shared up on the men's retreat this yesterday, some men shared If they didn't have the love of Christ in their lives, they would be doing very bad things to other people today. And we might be doing the exact same thing if it wasn't for the love of Christ. You see, it was the love of Jesus that that Jesus had for them that held them close to God. And again, it wasn't recognition of man, which most people seek after, but the understanding of eternity approaching. So whether people liked him or not, as we look at Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2. So again, we encourage you to have your Bibles. I know some people like large font and on their app and they go home and study afterwards. Praise God, do that. But I encourage you to make sure you have a paper Bible. When your phone gets turned off, you're going to want your paper Bible. Get used to your paper Bible. I teach on Wednesday night, the junior hires. And I'm so thankful that you're working with your junior hires because most of them know where to find these in the Bible, these these books. And that's fantastic. Keep working with your children. Encourage them to have daily devotionals, as I do every Wednesday night, to be reading your Bible. Uh, A 26-year-old man, Gene, 
who helped me receive Jesus as my Savior, encouraged me to do that 44 years ago, and I've been doing that ever since. I encourage you to do it so that you get to know how much God loves you, cares for you, grace, mercy, all of those attributes. You see, Paul was going to minister to others because all of humanity is spiritually dead in the eyes of God. Ephesians 2, and you he made alive. Again, notice the capitalization there. He made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. And you, that's me, that's you. We were all dead in sins and he made us alive. I didn't make myself alive. He made us alive. In which you once walked, notice this, this is you, this is I. In once you, you once walked according to the course of this world. Before we received Jesus as our savior, we were floating downstream with everybody else. We were just on the tube. Hey, this is great. Drinking, drugs, whatever it might be. Even, you know, hey, I'm not that bad a person. I don't have that great a testimony. You have a great testimony. You haven't done all that stupid stuff? You have a great testimony. Stay focused on Jesus. You don't need to do that stuff. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. So that's the devil and his fallen angels. We were following after them. I know I was. The Spirit, notice cap, lowercase s, not the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who now works in the sons and daughters of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves. Paul includes himself. Even as a Pharisee of Pharisee, that, that super bright religious person, it was a pile of dung, according to Paul's works, words. He includes himself to the Christians at Ephesus here. Once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. There are some churches under the banner of Christianity today that are teaching that everyone is a child of God. Because every human is created in the image of God that makes you a child of God. They're not reading their Bibles. They're a feel-good church and they want the masses or what limited number of people will come to them to keep coming to them because you're not a bad person. (laughs) No, you're a sinner going to hell. I was a sinner on the road to hell. Right here, it says it in your Bible. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So even though others, as we look back in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, so even though others may have tried to discourage Paul, Paul pressed on. You see, others will try to discourage you as well. They'll use that, oh, it's a phase. Don't worry, you'll get over it. Everybody does. Or they'll say, you know what, you're just becoming too religious. I've heard about you on on some of the state-run media. You're the extreme right. Man, you're an extremist. You see, our spiritual enemies will always throw little phrases out there to try to discourage us from sharing our faith. Guys, we only have one life to share our faith. The next verse gives us insight on Paul could have this sold-out attitude even in the midst of not being accepted by some in verse 15. And he died for all. So now the he here would be obviously Jesus. God the Father didn't die. Jesus died on the cross. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. That's how Paul was sold out. 
And this is hard for a Christian in living in America to do because we're pretty much raised focusing on ourselves. We are the center of the universe. And I think 30 or 35 years ago when our children were playing sports, we did a tremendous disservice to them because everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a plaque. No. When I was a younger person playing sports, there were three people that got it. Out of the whole team, three people got a plaque. And it was at the end of the season. And the team, all of the team, voted for who would receive that plaque. It wasn't just coaches picking it. We've done a tremendous disservice to our youth. That we should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So even as a young person sitting here today, what are you doing for your family? Or is your family just waiting on you? See, when I was raised, back when I had to walk to school a mile in both directions, uphill, through the snow, the sleet, all of that stuff. I'm not going down that road. Let's just be real, though. Let's just be real. I was mopping the floor with a bucket and a rag on my knees. It had to be done. I was the baby of the family. Everyone else was gone. My chore. Vacuuming. My chore. Next door neighbor had a working farm at 12 years old. I was out there learning how to throw hay bales around. Learning how to pitch manure. $2 an hour. Praise God. That was a lot of money back then. Couldn't do much with it, but it was, it was fun to have. We lived out in the country, so it wasn't a lot around to do. So you young people that are here this morning, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. It's not all about you. For you older saints, it's not all about you. For everybody in between, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about other people that are going to hell. We only got one shot at this. But for him, Jesus, who died for them, the unbeliever, because he's getting into this here, you're an ambassador for Christ, so that them, I personally believe, are the unbeliever for them, and rose again for you and I, for all of us. You see, acceptance can be a fleshly device of the enemy. We all want to be accepted. Everyone in this room, we all want to be accepted. So maybe we don't share with someone because we don't want to offend them and have them not talk to us anymore. Especially a family member. Oh, I don't want to bring division into the family. I think Jesus said he, he's, he came to bring division into the family. I think it's safe to say that we all have these types of feelings at time, but we're going to live with God forever, so we need to lay aside those fleshly thoughts, not hanging on to our own insecurities. Again, these verses, the, the verse that ends this chapter is going to show us and bring us to this principle t- altogether. You see, we're to be living with our eyes focused on heaven. Focused on heaven. I heard an interesting story this past week of a, a gentleman who was retired. Uh, he, the company called him, asked him to come out of retirement. So he did, he came out of retirement. He was in the office of the second tower that came down on one of the top floors. They got a call from the authorities saying, we cannot get to you. We cannot get to you. 
they knew what was going to happen. He left his phone on. <laughs> he left his phone on, talking with his wife, and he started preaching the gospel. People received Christ that day before that tower came down. It wasn't about him. He had retired. God has time. And his timing is not maybe our timing. But this man preached the gospel because they knew they were not getting out of there alive. And they didn't. How many received Christ that day? What a blessing. What a blessing. It wasn't about him hanging on to the phone with his wife and crying and weeping. He realized, I have an opportunity. See, we were to be living with our eyes focused on heaven, living for the main desire of heaven, reconciliation which will then give us a desire to see others reconciled to God. In verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. We don't look up and go, Oh, look at that Pharisee. Look at that Sadducee. Oh, look at the Pope. Oh, look at Mother Teresa. Oh, look at, look at the pastor. Look. No, don't elevate people. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, it doesn't matter how many good works you do, you're going to hell. Because you are not saved by good works. You're saved by grace through faith. Alone. Alone. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. You see, Paul was willing to forsake all in order to win one soul. There were those who knew Jesus when he was walking on this earth. They often spent 20, could you imagine spending 24 hours with the Messiah, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, seeing the masses being healed? So why is Paul teaching the Corinthians this principle? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. This is an important principle for us this morning. As I'm not here to teach you a fancy study or give you colorful stories. My job as a pastor is to teach you the word of God, to train you up for the work of the ministry, to not live in fear, fear of this government and what they're going to do to me, fear of my family members and how they might reject me. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46 says, while he was still talking to the multitude, so again, if you're, not new, if you're new to the Bible, um, when you see capital H there, it's either God, it's either Jesus, or it's the, it's the Holy Spirit. So this is obviously Jesus as we look at the text, the context of the text. While Jesus was speaking, was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother, so that'd be Mary, and brothers, we don't see Joseph, Joseph was probably uh, passed by this time, stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak, speak with you. But Jesus answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Or these are my family members. These are my family members. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. 
See, right now, guys, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We're individuals. We're single. We're married. We're young. We're old. Children, no children, grandchildren, great-grand, whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And other churches in the neighborhood, brothers and sisters in Christ. It doesn't matter. There is only one church. You see, it's safe to conclude as you read the Gospels that the Lord's own family thought he was beside himself. They thought he was crazy. You see, the crowds were gathered around him because they thought he was the Messiah. They thought that on many occasions. They were ready to take and make him king to overthrow Rome. They didn't get the picture, just like the disciples. But his own family thought that he had lost his sense of reality. Does that sound like maybe you in 2023? Your family looks at you as like, you've lost a sense of reality. Why aren't you doing what the government recommends we do? Well, because I've done some homework and I don't like the data. You see, they probably wanted to take him home for some R&R, but Jesus was more concerned about those who were going to hell than with those who thought they loved him and knew what was best for him. Even Jesus' own family loved him. We know it's best for Jesus. You need to come home. But what was the Lord's mission on the earth? Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And again, this all ties into our ambassadorship, guys, as I'm reading this. This all ties into this chapter. We're all ambassadors for Christ. You see, Jesus made this statement when he was at the house of Zacchaeus. And right before he gave the parable of the nobleman and servants, where he instructed his servants to do what? Which we talked about a couple weeks ago, maybe in last week. To occupy. Be about the Father's business. Do those earthly responsibilities. Do all that. We need to do all that. And never negate any of that. But we also need to be about the Father's business, our Heavenly Father's. And remember, what Paul is teaching the Corinthians in these verses, our final judgment at the Bema seat or reward seat is where we receive praise from our Lord. And I know each and every one of you want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I I don't think any one of you want to get there and hear, well, come on. You want to hear the whole thing. Well, are you investing? Are you investing? Because the question is, are we living our lives in such a way that we are comparable to the way Jesus lived his life? We'll never be gods. I'm not insinuating that. But are we trying to become more like Jesus? Or are we trying to become more like the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or this platform or that platform? Or it's, it's, a, it's, it's worthless. He was concerned for the lost, are we? He was concerned for the hopeless, are we? He was concerned for those who were trapped into being religious, are we? You see, with this topic that I'm discussing here, I'd like to go back to healthy fear versus unhealthy fear that I mentioned last week. Here's some, here's some verses. In John 12, we see this. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in Jesus. The rulers here, this would be... The Pharisees, the Sadducees. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Hmm. For they loved the praise of men or mankind more than the praise of God. That is an insightful verse. Again, they didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. I believe this changed after the resurrection, after the Holy Spirit came upon them. I believe this changed. But we can take this verse and apply it to our lives today. Am I more interested in the praise of my family than the praise of God? 
am I willing to take a stand for God and maybe lose my job? And I'm not saying being goofy, doing goofy stuff, just, just taking a loving stand. How about Proverbs 25, 29, 25? The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The fear, in Hebrew, anxiety. What are they going to think of me? How are they going to look at me? Will I lose a friend? Will they stop talking to me? The fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts, that means to have confidence, to be confident. God, you're with me. And if all, else for, if all others forsake me, I still have you. That's a majority right there. You got Jesus, that's a majority. In the Lord shall be safe. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you've received Jesus as your Savior, if you're here this morning as a young person, if you have not asked Jesus to be your Savior, your parents are not getting you to heaven. You have to have your own faith. Now, if you're not of that age of accountability and you don't understand what I'm sharing, then you're, you're covered. God's going to take care of you. But if you're of an age and you just don't want anything to do with it, you're coming here because your parents told you you're coming here, then you know right from wrong. And you know you're a sinner in need of a Savior and you're rejecting that salvation. You will be held accountable for that, not your parents. You'll stand before the great white throne judgment seat and you'll be separated from God forevermore. You need to admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. The Holy Spirit will come within you when you ask Jesus to be your Savior. And then you'll become what? He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, this is a very interesting verse. I've shared this often, but we want to share it with this verse as well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And you might be sitting there going, no, I still have old habits. No, unfortunately, I still sin. No, unfortunately, I think this and I say that and blah, 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 blah. Behold, all things have become new. As I mentioned last week, you want to look at the word of God two-directional sometimes. Heaven to earth, earth to heaven. You are a brand new creation. The second you ask Jesus Christ to be your savior, you're brand new. You have, remember, as you open your Bible, hopefully you can find a verse, uh, some, some pages in your Bible, or take and tape a page in your Bible that looks like this. That's who you are. The second you receive Jesus as your Savior, that's who you are. From heaven to earth, you are a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. There's not one sin on record in heaven, ever, ever, ever. There never will be. You are a brand new creation. That's from heaven to earth. Unfortunately, we know who we are, and unfortunately, we're trapped in these bodies of flesh. We still sin, so I need to do what? I need to be involved. I need to be involved with what God's doing in my life. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 3.18 are changed. And the analogy there is the caterpillar to the butterfly, metamorphosis. We're being changed into the image of Jesus. As I shared with the men last night, as I share with you on a regular basis, but a very small percentage of people do it, so I'm going to encourage you again to do it, though. Have a private devotional time. 
1% of the day is 15 minutes. It's less than actually 15 minutes when you do the math. 1% of the day is 15 minutes. I encourage you to take 2% of your day and give it to God. Read your Bible. Spend time in prayer. Young people, start reading your Bible. Spend time with God. Older saints, you do not have this all figured out. You need to spend time with God. You need to be reading your Bible. Into the same image from glory to glory, even as by what? Who transforms me? It's the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because uh, Revelation 12, 10, I'm going to skip a slide, Jim, for time's sake. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. This is during the tribulation, halfway through the tribulation. We're not in the tribulation. First half of the tribulation, half the world's annihilated. So I don't know why God allows this to take place, but he does. The enemy is accusing us. Is he accusing us of being good or accusing us of our sins? Accusing us of our sins. So how do we need to see ourselves? Ephesians 1.4 says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame him before him in love. That's how God sees you from heaven to earth. That's how God sees you. But then Colossians says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. And those terms there, above reproach, is an accounting term. There's no record. There's no record. 1 Peter 1.19 says this, Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without, without spot. You see, God has allowed us the privilege to share that agape love with the sinner that they might be reconciled to God just as we are. And we'll wrap it up with these verses. Philippians, so important verses here. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Ooh, there it is, work out. So I'm not saved. I might lose my salvation. No, 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 get that off the table. Just read your Bible. What does the next verse say? For it is God which works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So from heaven to earth, sinless. Earth to heaven, I have to do my part. I have to do my part. Not for salvation. That's off the table. But if I want to be more like Jesus, I have to do my part. How can I be more like Jesus? Studying who Jesus was. What did he do? Studying the Father. Studying the Holy Spirit. We had an afterglow last night. Some guys had never, ever experienced. I had a man in his late 50s come up and said, I've never experienced this. Never experienced. Spending time with the Holy Spirit and asking for the Holy Spirit to fill him and overflow his life. So what I'm sharing, guys, I know for some of you might seem like, well, this is, I've never heard of this, I don't understand this, blah, 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 blah. Because the church doesn't teach this stuff, unfortunately. They teach, get out there and do it. You can do it. I just gave you a pep talk, now get it done. You can't do it. Let me give you a pep talk. You can't do it. I'm just saying what Jesus said in John 15, 5. Jesus said, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Don't blame me. Blame Jesus. 
That's why we talked about the Holy Spirit, and that's why I talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. I'm not here to give you a pep talk. I'm here to encourage you, surrender more of your life to the Holy Spirit, and then get out of the way and watch what he does. But we have to surrender. Father, we thank you and praise you that we're not talking religion here. We're talking relationship. Even with any relationship we might have on the face of this earth, if we want that relationship to go deeper, most of the time we have to die to self. We learn to put up with the other person. Or they, as a fellow believer, they learn to die to self. And now we got two people dying to self to become more like Jesus. It's a win-win situation. So, Father, help us to see the bigger picture of what's going on in this world, the fear, the fear that is coming upon the whole world. Europe living in fear whether they're going to be able to heat their homes this winter. That's a real fear. Because the word is coming to pass. Russia, China, and Persia, Iran, are aligning Your word is going to be fulfilled. We're living in the last days. Help us to look up, Lord, and to help take somebody with us this week for your glory. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit, Father. We don't need more of self. (laughs) We need more of your Holy Spirit that we might die to self. Even as Paul said, I am crucified daily. I crucify myself daily that I might serve Christ. Father, help us to die to self, that we might serve someone today, no matter what age we are, young or old, that we might serve someone today. Give them an example of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this time. And again, we just pray for those who are struggling, Lord, with the loss of a loved one, whether it was yesterday or 21 years ago, that you would strengthen them, encourage them, that they would come to know there is an eternity, that a God that loves them, and that they would receive Jesus as their Savior. Father, for anyone here this morning, if they do not have Jesus as their Savior, that they would come up after this service and they would ask, I need Jesus as my Savior. And we will pray with them to receive Jesus as their Savior. Father, we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we all stand, guys? God bless you. Thanks for coming out. Be encouraged, guys. God's on the throne. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.